Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back, writers. This week, I have the beautiful Lyndall Clipstone on the podcast. I had the most beautiful chat with Lyndall. Lyndall is an incredible YA author in based in South Australia, but she is making serious waves, particularly throughout the America, but a lot of other countries as well, as you will hear. This conversation is about authenticity and following your creative passion and keeping it passionate, even when it does turn into a career, but also giving yourself grace and the grace of the process and how not one or two people's journeys are ever the same um, when it comes to getting published and becoming an author um, or following any creative career. So without further ado, please welcome Lyndall. Welcome back, writers and listeners. And this week we have Lyndall Clipstone with us today, who is the beautiful author of Lake's Edge and soon to be Forestfall as well. And well, firstly, thanks for joining us, Lyndall. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Now, one thing I really, really love about you is your elevator pitch. You have the best one-liner to say exactly what you do your absolute niche and it it just hooks people straight away so you write stories about monsters and the girls who like to kiss them (laughs) firstly I've got a couple of questions how did you first know that you were a writer and um yeah tell me a little bit more about the journey of what got you from there from day dot to to where you are now Okay, well, I think I was one of those kids who always, you know how people are like, I always wanted to be a writer. I always loved writing. Like, I can't actually remember a time when I wasn't making up stories and writing stories and things like that. So it's just something that I've always really enjoyed. I've always really loved reading. I grew up with like parents who were really big readers, or my mom especially, and she sort of fostered quite a love of reading in me. Um, yeah, so all through school, I was like a really voracious reader, loved writing stories. Um, but it was never really something that I considered doing as a career because whenever you talked about being a writer, it was one of those things that like the first thing people would say would be like, oh, it's so impossible to get published. And so I think there was a lot of fear of rejection. And it was like, if I don't try, then I don't have to fail. So I went all the way through to university and I did like there was like a creative writing elective um, in one of my undergrad years and I ended up deciding to do creative writing honors but even after that like it still just made me feel too scared to try so I did like my honors year it was probably like the most enjoyable year of everything that I studied at university and then I went on thinking I'd be like an academic because I was like no I need to have like a proper serious job um But then like many years later, I sort of, I didn't end up finishing. I started a PhD and didn't finish, became a librarian. So I was always kind of working around the edges of books. 
Um, I had two children and then I was working as like a university research librarian and my contract was finishing and I had an interview for another job at a public library but the hours just didn't quite work because I had two kids who were starting school and it was just it, like between my partner and I we worked out it would be easier for me to be a stay-at-home mom just for school hours and things like that rather than both of us working part-time and so then I was kind of like oh maybe maybe I'll go back to university and do like more creative writing study and so I applied to do a creative writing master's and I didn't get in and so then I was thinking I was so mad I was like I don't need them to help me write a book I'm just gonna do it myself <laughs> so I was like finally now it's like I guess fueled by like wanting to prove to myself that I could do it I decided to try and write like I'd always had this idea kind of floating around that I wanted to try and turn into a novel and um, it had been one of like the short pieces that I'd written in honors so I was like maybe now I'll try and like I'll just write it and see what happens and so that book eventually became Lake Sedge. Wow so that's the first book you wrote like full novel? I'd written a few other like I'd written like some shorter sort of pieces I'd written some fan fiction <laughs> that was quite long but yeah it was the first book that I wrote so I think I probably wrote like about you know five books worth of revisions because I quite heavily revised it between like getting an agent and sending it off to be submitted to publishers and then even with my first editor we did quite a heavy revision so I think I learned a lot through the process of writing it since it was my first book. Wow. So what do you think it is, like obviously everything is in perfect timing, but what do you think it is that brought you to that moment of like, especially when it's a story that's sat with you for such a long time, be like, no, this is the time that I need to sit down and finally do this. What made you, what helped you overcome that fear finally, do you think? probably like lots of little things I think maybe part of it was like just maturity like reaching an age where I felt ready to kind of approach it um it's like funny because I know like a lot of people who are younger authors and they feel this real worry of like missing out or and it makes me so mad how there's this real culture of like this kind of wunderkind you know like 30 under 30 lists or whatever or like this idea that like people feeling like they're a failure if they don't have a book deal by the time they're 21 or something it was like it really did take me like that 10 years between when I finished university and when I finished writing Lake Sedge to like just be ready to approach becoming like an author I think so it was lots, lots of things and then like other little things like when I was doing my honours year like the way of being published was very different to now it was like you'd print out your manuscript and like post it to an Australian publisher so having an agent in the US or being published in the US was kind of this really you know like it wasn't even something that I considered as possible but when it became I guess through technology a lot easier to query or I mean not that querying is ever easy but through technology it became more accessible to query agents in the US and things like that that also helped so I think it was probably like a bit of timing, a bit of like where my life kind of landed and just, yeah, everything kind of sort of fell into place for yeah. it to be, for me to feel ready to do it. Absolutely. And like said, has been incredible. So how did that, yeah, so you finished your, you finished the book. What was the process from there to get published? Because you're in a couple of different countries. Right. Yeah. yeah so I've been I've been incredibly lucky to have like the support of many generous people 
um, when I finished Lake Sedge, I ended up entering into a mentoring program called Awesome Mental Match. And I was really lucky to be chosen for that. And so I had the help of a published author who helped me revise and we did a full rewrite of the manuscript and then another couple of rounds of revision. And I sent it out, like I queried sending it out to agents. And so I sort of had kind of like 50-50 success. So like a lot of passes, a lot of like, oh, it's not for me. A lot of, oh, I expected it to be different because it's obviously a very quiet, small stakes, not like a high concept blockbuster book, like a lot of the books that traditionally like were getting published around the time that I was querying. And I had a lot of people saying to me, I think it might be too quiet. Like, I don't know if you'll have a, any luck finding anyone who'll want it because it's like not really like a big, big story. Um, but then I, what did I do? I entered a pitching contest on Twitter. So like a while ago, there used to be like a thing called Pit Mad where yeah. you could do like a short pitch. Um, and so I thought, oh, I'm playing anyway. Why don't I just pitch? And then like, you know, if nobody likes it, I'll just delete the tweet and pretend that it never happened. <laughs> and I think my pitch was something like, winter song meets crimson peak um like when like ladder falls to the monster of lake says she makes a deal with like a lot of the dead to try and save him from a curse or something and it was one of the most popular pitches of that round so like lots of people retweeted it and I had quite a lot of interest so I queried a, a big round of agents from that and I had one offer sort of fairly quickly from an agent. Um, she was really lovely, but it just didn't quite feel like the right fit. So I was feeling quite ambivalent. And I think people don't really talk about that, about when you query and everyone's like, oh, you said yes. And I'm just like, I don't know like what I want to do. Like it felt really, because it's really hard to tell until you talk to someone on the phone, whether, you know, like it's, it's really strange. It's, I guess it's a bit like a job interview, but the stakes are a lot higher. So um, I had an offer and I felt like okay this is good like you know I think I think she'll be like a good advocate for my work I just don't know if like where I write sort of personality and match and things like that so I sent out the rest of the queries I'd, I'd sent out the rest of the queries and then I, I think I had to let all the other agents who had it know that I'd had an offer and that resulted in um, the offer from the agent that I ended up signing with who's Jill Grinberg and she had been or has is still like been an agent in for a lot of Australian YA authors so like a lot of people that I grew up reading like Margot Lanigan and Garth Nix um, and she sent me this beautiful long email talking about how much she'd loved the book and how she'd connected with it and I just sort of knew right away like that we were just going to be a really good fit like I liked that she'd worked with a lot of Australian authors and that she had sort of aged in for people that kind of inspired me while I was growing up and things like that so yeah and we talked on the phone and we just clicked really well and I knew that she was the one that I wanted to work with so she's just amazing she's been the most wonderful champion that I could have asked for for my books and a complete like calm in like the storm of chaos that's publishing like I feel like every now and then I'll just send her an email we'll have a zoom call where I'm just freaking out and she's like oh it's fine don't worry <laughs> So it it's like so she's very good like calm and excellent business sense which are two things that I like I think a lot of creative people probably don't have so I did quite a lot of revision with her as well she's very heavily editorial which is kind of like I love it and I hate it because it's sort of like I will never get something I'll never send something to her and have her be like this is great send it off like it's always millions of notes but it's again has taught me so much 
through revising. So we revised Lake's Edge probably over about three months yeah. before it went on submission. And then I think we had an offer, fair, like what would seem relatively quickly, I think within about a couple of months or three months, we had interest from publishers. So yeah, that was, I feel incredibly fortunate that it all kind of went so smoothly in like at the time it was like very stressful and felt like way longer than it was but yeah it worked out really well um I think I ended up with offers from maybe one or two publishers more than one so as like maybe two or three publishers and then it was really hard to choose because everybody was so good and so lovely um but I ended up going with Macmillan in the U.S. um so yeah and and then the way that it ended up in other countries was we sold so you can choose whether you sell like world rights or just North American rights so we sold the North American rights to Macmillan US and then Jill took it out on submission to other countries and so that's how I ended up with a publisher in the UK and a publisher in Australia and there's like I think a publisher in Russia and France as well which I don't really have much to do with that. They just sort of publish the book and yeah, but it's been really good having sort of like the three kind of world publishing um, teams to sort of support it as it comes out. Yeah. And there's something really great you said then is like, <laughs> there's lots of things I want to touch on in that. So <laughs> um, firstly, it's the, when you said um, the whole 30 under 30 thing, and there is this hustle culture, it's like, one, it's incredibly courageous to follow through with your creative pursuits because there is this like, oh, you can't make money out of that. You know, you need to get a, a real job um, thing. And obviously, you know, you, you do have to you do have to make money and it, it's, it's not always it's such a dream world. But at the same time, it's you obviously believed in your story so much that you're like, actually, this this agent isn't the right fit for me. You know, when you think of like, oh, my gosh, this agent wants me, you, you might want to jump on that. But it's like, no, I need to find somebody. At the end of the day, they are representing you and your work and you want to know that that person really understands and gets you. Yeah, I think that's excellent how you did that. Yeah. What now, <laughs> tell me about your creative process. So when you when you first, or even now, I'm sure you've got lots more books in, in, the, in the pipeline. <laughs> um, what, is, what is the creative process for you now? What is your day-to-day? Um, so I feel like it changes with every book. I think I definitely got a lot more efficient with um when I did Forest Fall than when I was writing Lake's Edge I think partly because I was working under contract for the first time so I had like a very specific timeline but I think going through the editorial process once helped me sort of know what the shape would need to be so my day-to-day really depends on what I'm actually doing so what stage I'm at in the process of like the book that's about to come out versus the one that I'm working on so I'm kind of in a bit of a lull at the moment, which is really nice. It's a very like all or nothing, I find. So like at the moment, I'm just kind of, I have like little things come in. So like I just got the um, draft PDF of like the full jacket for Forest Bowl to look over, which is really exciting. exciting. (laughs) Um, And then I've been doing like lots of little things like preparing for like a marketing meeting and things like that. But I'm not actually really doing any more revisions on Forest Bowl at the moment. So yeah, so if I'm on a deadline for a vision, I'll be working on that usually like 
every minute I get so like kind of like a nine to five job um like my kids go to school and I'll come home and I'll work and then depending on like how urgent the deadline is and how much I need to do I'll probably work like at night and on the weekend too um while um my partner kind of holds down the fort and (laughs) takes care of the kids and then when I turn it in I kind of emerge and I'm just like I'm back um so yeah it's it's very hectic when it's something like that but at the moment I'm kind of yeah in between projects so usually I have one thing that I'm revising um and one thing that I'm drafting so previously that was I was revising Lake Sedge and drafting Forestfall and then I've been revising Forestfall and drafting what I'm hoping will be my third book so um yeah that's it's been kind of fun but in between all that there's lots of other kind of weird administrative things that you don't really think of when you think of becoming a writer like I do like a lot of um like social media kind of scheduling and content like choosing like what I want to post about on social media and setting up photos for it and like kind of I try to do like a lot of that in advance so that way I can sort of and that's it's fun for me as well like I enjoy doing that so it's kind of like a nice like a little bit of a creative work slash sort of thing um and then I I, there's also like bookkeeping tax stuff admin kind of things like coordinating events so like on Friday I'm I'm doing like a in conversation with a friend whose book just come out so we're doing like a little book launch celebration thing together so yeah there's lots of like in between things that isn't the actual writing but if I'm drafting it'll be I find that I actually draft like I revise better in the day and I draft better at night so when I was drafting um my third project I would usually use the day to just do like administrative type things or spending time with my kids or all the millions of other things that I usually have to do and then at night like when everybody was sort of like had had dinner and they were sitting down with my partner and watching tv I'd sort of escape to my room with like a glass of wine or a cup of tea and do um maybe like an hour of drafting and I felt like I could be a lot more efficient that way than trying to work during the day but yeah it really depends yeah so you've created a a whole discipline around the art and and made it you know you've got to make it like a nine-to-five job but you're you're right when you're coming up with the drafting it's like (laughs) you need that time where you know there's not a lot of other things going on so that you can get into your creative process so is that what it's like for you you need like a wine a tea just that you know that you've got that hour to yourself to really dive into that yeah I think there's something like I think because when I'm doing revisions it's a lot more technical versus creative like there's still a creative element to it but it's a lot more it feels a lot more technical so it's a lot easier to sort of focus on cue I guess um versus like that kind of I think when I'm working and I have this feeling of like a ticking clock it's like okay I know that at like you know 2 30 I have to wind down and go and pick everyone up from school or it's really hard to sort of focus whereas I found like at night it was a lot easier to go like the whole evening is mine now and I can just sort of really dive into it I don't know and I was reading something interesting about like how our brains work differently at different times of the day as well and there's something about like that kind of night time where it's a different sort of focus so yeah I don't know I think everybody has a like I don't think there's any one process for writing that's right either like I'm very sort of able to sort of focus probably even like hyper focus which is kind of like a blessing and a curse depending on what I'm doing and I can be quite disciplined because 
I get quite anxious about things being out of control. And I think for me, like really hyper-focusing on a task helps control that anxiety. So when people ask how I work and I sound so organized, it's like, oh, you're treating it like a nine to five job. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, like the rest of my life kind of just has to like, you know, like I turn in something from a deadline and then it's like, oh, great. I have to fold all this like week's worth of laundry now. And (laughs) so I think however people work, like whatever works for you is probably the best way. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's kind of why I started this podcast too. It's like coming together and at one because writing is such a lonely task at times. But two, there is no one way around every anything. Like people, you know, come into it so differently from so many different angles. And you know that is that is the beauty of creativity to let to let it be that. So yeah, where do you draw most of your inspiration from? Um. Probably like a sort of other sort of media. So I'm a very visual writer. So often when I'm sort of coming up with a scene, I'll visualize it like a sort of when watching a movie. So I like a lot of films, music. I really love looking at like photography or like classic artworks. So I, one of my favorite things to do is go to different art galleries. So yeah. now that everything's opening up to travel again like I'm going to Brisbane in May and I'm so excited to go to another city and go to a different art gallery because I haven't been out of the state since early 2020 so yeah it's gonna be so fun um and then like even like reading other books I find like I read out of my genre a lot for inspiration so like a lot of adult fantasy or straight romance as in like not like straight romance but like it's not a romantic fantasy it's like a Mills and Boone type <laughs> yeah um I really love reading like Regency romance and thrillers and classic sort of books as well um I do end up reading quite a lot of why like because it's kind of I'm either why I want to read it or like I'll be reading something because I've been asked to review it or blurb it or something so but yeah I I really like sort of reading different things and that's quite inspiring yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're coming to Brisbane. We're going to have to catch up. There's some yeah. excellent art um, things on at the moment too. And um, Imaginaria, I don't know if you have that, in, if it's coming to South Australia, but look into it. I think I think you'd really love oh, it. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't been to Brisbane for like years and years, so I'm really excited to be heading back. Yeah, it's a good little trip. Excellent. Now, you also topped on uh, there's so many different things to writing like when someone thinks about a writer you're not you're literally not sitting there on like <laughs> drafting the whole time and just sending it off you've been able to create a incredible beautiful personal brand as well around your writing do you have any um advice or recommendations for writers to you know, yeah where they start with that I think it can be hard for some people who have you know when they're just focused on the writing building building the brand around that I mean, I think the first thing I would say would be don't feel forced to do something that you don't enjoy because, mm-hmm. like, I I don't have a TikTok and I know a lot of authors um, really love, I mean, my my nine-year-old would really love a TikTok, <laughs> um, but I mean, and I said no. So, like, a lot of, I mean, a lot of authors have great success engaging with people on there because that's the type of personality they are um a lot of people really enjoy being on Twitter and I can't think of anything worse than like the writing community on Twitter so (laughs) um you know like if it's a choice between and I know that I miss out on things like you know like I know that I'll miss out on people knowing about my book because I'm not tweeting about it but at the same time it's like I don't like it's unpaid work and I don't enjoy 
being on these platforms so I'm not going to invest time into it but for me like I really love using Instagram because I'm quite a visual like I love the photography sort of aspect of it um and so that kind of works well for me but if you know like the idea of having to create Instagram content feels like the worst thing ever but you'd rather make silly TikToks or just be on Twitter talking or whatever then like you know you like, like go with whatever, with whatever you feel like yeah. um and the other thing I think is to be kind of authentic rather than feeling like doing stuff because you feel like you have to but also I remember somebody saying to me that like when you're on social media as an author it's not really your job to sell the book it's your job to kind of be like the cheerleader for the book so mm. you're talking about your book like the way that you tell your friend about a book that you've read that you really loved you're not like buy this book and you know it's more like oh this book is really good because of x y and z and so that was kind of cool like because as an author there's especially like a traditionally published author obviously like if you're an indie author it's a lot different because you are driving the sales but as a traditionally published author like there's so little that you can do to move move the needle as they call it like you're not going to become a bestseller because you posted a TikTok or an Instagram or something unless like the stars align and you're incredibly lucky and usually that even that still has many other factors in it so it's more about like just giving yourself like a, an outlet for however much or little you feel like sharing about yourself for me it's been a really lovely way to connect with readers like I love sort of sharing little bits of my life and my process and about my book and hearing from people who've enjoyed reading so I think just being authentic and showing like I don't know it's really hard sort of like showing like an authenticity sort of thing rather than feeling like you need to do like a sales pitch or you need to follow like a trend I guess a hundred percent yeah I really agree with that I love how you just said a TikTok's not going to make you personally cool but it, it's true though and it's like keeping it I'm keeping it so real to you because that's what you can't fake your stories like I think from what I've the authors I've been speaking to, you really see the person in their stories. Like, and if you're being really authentic, it's going to come across and that's how you're going to find your audience because people are going to re resonate with you. Yeah. I mean, and that doesn't mean you need to give your entire life away either. Like I mm. sort of like definitely give everybody like a very curated slice of life um, because like it's, you know, like, I mean, it's as much as and as little as you feel like sharing some people who have families and our authors share like a lot of their family life. I've chosen to keep it separate because I like having like a little corner of the internet that's kind of just mine where I'm not like the mom or whatever. Um, so yeah, like there's a difference between authenticity and like sharing everything too. Like, so you don't really need to feel like you need to lose like all of your privacy if you're being authentic, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I like the thing about like the TikTok, like, you know, like all social media won't make you a bestseller. It can, but a lot of that success, you know, like for books like The Atlas Six or something, that's all reader driven. And so it's kind of like, it feels like winning the lottery. Like my friends and I are always like, how do we get this to happen? Like, you know, I want, I want to be the TikTok darling book, but you as an author, like making a silly TikTok about your book, that alone isn't going to make you a bestseller. It's, you know. And I guess the number one thing you really need to be doing is writing because you're not going to be able to sell books if you can't write books. So, <laughs> 
yeah I think that's like writing should always be like the number one thing that you're focusing on yeah absolutely and what where are your goals sitting now with writing a so you've you've finished forest fall is done are you working on other things have you got any other major goals or anything in the process Um, at the moment so yeah I'm kind of like this I'm out of contract out of contract now um I'm waiting very hopefully to sort of find out what's going to happen um like ideally I would love to keep writing um I'd love to sort of have more books under contract um and be able to keep doing I'm sort of thinking about maybe I'm not sure if I want to branch out into adult after like um, another oh, few yeah. YA books um and still yeah I think I would like to keep writing in YA for a little while and then maybe sort of think about if I have an idea or like a story that feels like it fits better as like an adult fantasy because there's a lot more sort of crossover type adult fantasy around now that I think would be a good opportunity for that yeah yeah um and then yeah aside from that just kind of gearing up for the launch of Forest Bowl um the paperback of Lake Sedge also comes out so in the US they do like a hardcover release and then the paperback a year later so I feel like I get to kind of like celebrate it all over again. So that's yeah. kind of fun. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to like the conclusion of the series and celebrating like the paperback sort of release. And yeah, so I that's think so it's, exciting. it is, it's, it feels really good. Like I was, I found like debuting very stressful. Like it just really felt like so much of it was unknown and it really did feel like this is like make or break you know like if you're not like this instant huge runaway success like your whole career is ruined and that's not true um and so much of like what you see as like an instant success is completely manufactured by like a publisher anyway so it's not anything to do with like you at all um but I feel like Lake Sedge has had a really good entry into the world. It's been really, really lovely seeing so many readers engage with it. And like people are still picking it up like six months later, which feels like not really long, but I guess in the terms of like attention spans, like it, I'm really like amazed and sort of overwhelmed at how people are still finding the book and still reading it and engaging with it. It's really lovely. So yeah, it's, it's a nice time to sort of be here having kind of having readers to share things with now with the second book rather than sort of trying to introduce me myself to people so that's been really fun yeah I love that it's um the evolution of it yeah 100% I can imagine how (laughs) intense that debut is because there is there is that lot of pressure of like oh this stunning debut and but people will I feel like people will definitely keep finding your books for a a lot yeah it's it's kind of funny there's like a weird sort of like I even now I have a bit of a like oh like you know that like the new baby like seeing all the shiny new debuts and I'm like I'm not a shiny new new debut anymore but also it's really like it feels like there's a huge amount of pressure off now it's kind Mm. of like you know I'm I've I've come out into the world like my book my career is launched for better or worse I have readers I know what to expect like writing a sequel or even if you're writing like another standalone a lot of the people who picked up my book and didn't resonate with it you know like they're not going to come back for the sequel and if they do well like they know what they're in for so there's less of a fear of like what if everybody hates the book or a fear over the reception because I think like with each book that goes on like people get to know what you're like as a writer as well so you kind of build 
the audience of like readers who are going to resonate with your work rather than people who are picking you up because you're new and you're on Met Galley or something. Yeah. Did you know when you first started, did you know you were going to have a sequel or did that come later on? No, I didn't. So I sold two books when my book sold to the publisher and I always kind of assumed that it was just going to be two standalones because like Fudge was kind of like a standalone with and I was like oh if they asked me to make it a series I'll I could probably figure out a way to do it because yeah. I wasn't going to turn that down like but nobody ever really said anything and then when I started working with my editor I said to her did you want to see the pitch that I've written for my second book and she's like oh actually we were thinking we'd probably make like Fudge into a duology because like depending on how the sales go and I'm like well I think I need to know now while I'm revising so I think I panicked and then thought about it and then was like actually no I really would like to split it into a series because there was a few things that I hadn't had time to explore in like the Mm -hmm. single volume so like the relationship between Letta and the Lord Under being more romantic there wasn't enough room to sort of do like a full like love triangle choosing all of these things in one like you know 400 page book but splitting it up into two gave it a lot more space to evolve and so it actually helped with like a few things that I was kind of stuck on revising the first book knowing that I could have this extra yeah Yeah. and then I got to have like a really fun cliffhanger ending which like a lot of people don't like find like really I don't know what the word for it is I wouldn't say don't like it but find it like frustrating maybe (laughs) in a good way but I, I love it. I love reading books where you get to the end and it's just this like really intense kind of cliffhanger. So <laughs> that was like my goal was to create something like that. So that was fun. That's awesome. Excellent. And I'm sure so many people are uh, excited for Forest Hall. You have given us so much incredible advice today. Is there anything else that you want to leave with listeners or upcoming writers? Um, yeah, just a little bit of inspo or advice that you'd like to pass on. Um, I guess like, I think just trying to hold on to the heart of like, why you write. That's something that I always find myself coming back to. Like, it's really easy to lose sight of it amongst like everything about like, trying to find an agent or trying to find readers or, you know, um, the like in the end like you sort of have to come back to like why why did you want to become a writer in the first place like what really drove you to do this like the thing inside you that makes you want to be like a storyteller I think that's a really like precious sort of thing to hang on to um, and to sort of recenter yourself with when you're finding like the outside kind of pressures building so that's something that works for me and so maybe I don't know maybe that might be helpful for people absolutely like keeping that passion and love for exactly why you do what you do because when it does become a career or a money focus it's it's so easy to to easily yeah I think it's like one of those things where it's like you know like doing turning what you love into a job is always going to make it difficult because Mm. there's something really like the intersection of like creativity and business is it's really weird like you know like this is something that like you pour out your soul and then it goes to a publisher and they're like "Mm, how how much money is this worth to us it's like I mean and it's wonderful being able to make a living from it or make it into a career but at the same time it does sort of like it's really easy to lose yourself in that side of things and forget about like why you're doing the creative work in the first place 
Absolutely, keeping that alive. Oh my gosh, I've had the best (laughs) chat with you. Thank you so much for coming on today. I am just going to ask you to leave all your details of where listeners can contact you, ask you more about your books. Um, They're available everywhere, but just like, yeah, let me know and just give us a bit of a spiel of where people can contact you. Okay, well, um, you can find me on Instagram at LK Clipstone. And I also have just a website, which is lindellclipstone.com that has like a kind of portal to everything. Um, I think Lake Fudge is kind of available everywhere. Forest Bowl is available for pre-order in most places, I think, and probably will be popping up. When's um, your official launch of, of Forest Fall? Is that soon? Very uh, soon. So it's the comes out on the 20th, 28th, 27th of September in oh, the US, awesome. which is the day after my 38th birthday. Oh, so perfect. What a way to celebrate. Yeah. yeah. Um, um that's like a fun a fun way to end my 30s with like my last the last book in my series coming out um I'm not really sure about Australia I would imagine like early like late August early September like Mm -hmm. Lake Fudge but yeah like Australia isn't as far in advance with publishing stuff as the US I guess because they're not as busy yeah so like my editor is like the most organized person ever and I feel like everything's really on track um so well it feels so far ahead to me but like obviously not because they're so busy so yeah um end of September um I think October in the UK and probably like early September in Australia so hopefully I'll have more details as it gets closer but I will be um like I usually post a lot of updates on my Instagram so that's generally the best place to find perfect Excellent. And yes, highly recommend everyone finding a copy of Lake Fudge if you haven't read it already. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lyndall. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, how gorgeous is Lyndall? So if you are in Brisbane, Lyndall is actually coming uh, up here to speak at the Brisbane Writers Festival at the very beginning of May, which is actually I think it's this weekend when this when this podcast comes out. Um, if you loved that episode and if you want to win a copy of Lake's Edge, all you have to do is take a screenshot of where you're listening to it or how you're listening to it, what you took, let us know what you took away for it from it, and tag me at underscore Olivia Hillier, O-L-I-V-I-A, H-O-L-L-I-E-R, and Lindell L. Lind- she's LK Clipstone. So at L-K-C-L-I-P-S-T-O-N-E. Um, yeah, we, we would want to hear from you and, and let us know everything that you took from it and you could be winning a copy of Lake's Edge sent straight to your door. So thanks, guys, and I will see you on the next episode.